You're listening to a brain stew, fresh fright review. What's up, creeps? And welcome to a very, very special episode of that little thing that you like to tune into. Right, it's called Brain Stew. It's a scream, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for a special spoiler-free, yes, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to hear us review a movie with no spoilers. Jeremy, we got an opportunity to see something over the weekend, courtesy of Paramount Pictures. What what's that movie called? It's a sequel to like one of the most iconic movies ever made. It's gonna be a scream, baby. Yeah. Thank you so much, Paramount Pictures, for inviting us to see Scream Six. Yes, it has Roman numerals in the M. Um, clever marketing, at least they're acknowledging it's a sequel, unlike Five Cream, which tried to avoid it altogether. <laughs> like, dude. I'd like to know, how was that board meeting? Like, how did that go? They're like, okay, so we called Scream 5, Scream. So, like, what do we do with this one? Like, I wonder, like, how long they kicked around what they were going to actually call it before they were like, fuck it, Scream 6. I honestly still liked the idea that I posted on social media like a thousand times, just call it Screams. Yeah. But... You know, adding any kind of subtitle to it or anything, just, none of the other ones have had it. It just doesn't make any sense. So it's fine. I also feel like it kind of cheapens the- it a little bit. Like, I would rather something be called exactly what it is. Scream 6. Or Scream Part, you know, Part 6. I miss when horror films I know, used that's to do that, that, man. I know. I miss it, too. That's that old school mentality in us. You know, we're those kids that used to rent horror movies from the fucking video store. Unfortunately, modern audiences, if it's a four or a five or a six and they're like, wait a minute, I haven't seen any of these movies before. Like it, it, it really does kind of push them away from wanting to go in and see a new installment. But, you know, whatever. They acknowledged it. It's a clever way of doing it. And, you know, it, it's funny to think that we literally just got the last scream like a little over a year ago and we're already here with another one and we know that covid kind of uh pushed that one out a little bit it was supposed to be released before it was released but we're here yeah we saw it and you know i had very high expectations for this ladies and gentlemen if you're very curious about our thoughts on five cream (laughs) uh scream five we did do our review with our good friend deandra and uh we released that last january so go check that out. I'll put the link to that episode in the show notes if you want to go, I mean, take a trip back in the past to see what we thought about that one. But we're going to be talking about the new one, which, Jeremy, we've talked about this a lot on the show. You are more of an occasional Scream fan in comparison to my extreme fan. Yeah, I mean, is that yeah, correct? I, I show up for every single one of these these movies, and there is always a level of excitement towards them because... I love the first Scream film. I think it's brilliant, but I also think it's lightning in a bottle. It's it's hard to recapture what made that movie great again, and that's why I feel like personally the sequels have not been for me because they, they take the formula 
and they try to replicate it while twisting some little things and changing some little things, but ultimately, every film since the first one has Sidney Prescott, and, you know, this is where she's at in her life now, and the killings start again, and she becomes a target of the Ghostface killer again, and to me, I think it's great that up until this film, uh, Scream 6, that Nev Campbell has been in every single one. It's 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 really great to see someone of you know an actor of Nev Campbell's caliber come back again and again consistently, consistently for every for movie. every movie. Yeah. And that's that's been cool for the fans too. And I know that you know she is a fan favorite. And don't get me wrong, like I love Sidney Prescott, but I just got so tired of the. Okay, well now Sydney's back, and they have to explain what she's doing in her life now. And now the killings have spiked back up, and they're after her. Here we go. You know, it beca- it became more formulaic for me. <laughs> Can you imagine, dude? Can you imagine? Um, you know, in one of these sequels, or even in the last one, you know, she, in the phone call she gets in five, she's literally like taking a jog with her baby in a carriage or some shit. She, dude, she totally should have just done the fucking lethal weapon line i'm getting too old for this shit like you could just hear her saying that you know like oh my god all right so anytime someone dies and someone with a ghost face mask kills them i have to like literally rush there i mean (laughs) i you know i i would say out of the first five scream films i i really dug four because four brought it back to a high school four brought it back to woodsboro um it was a little bit darker of an edge especially compared to what scream three was so i you know if I had to say in the first five films which which two I liked the most, I would have gone one and four, you know. Um, I need to revisit two, and I think I probably said that last year as well, and I still haven't. You probably <laughs> did. And, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm going to say this now, you know, because uh, during this episode, I, I'm going to say uh, where I'm going to be ranking the new one in comparison to the other ones. Um, I mean, this is not a ranking episode, but just, you know, right off the bat after one viewing um, this may change after a second, but I doubt it. But there is a difference, ladies and gentlemen, for someone to have a favorite sequel, but still hold another sequel above it in terms of what they think is a better That's movie cool. and what is a better yep. sequel overall. Um, because I've already had people like literally message me on Instagram and Twitter and be like, dude, are you fucking for real? Like, we know how much you love Scream 2. Are you saying that you love this more? And I'm like, listen, like... I always approach things with a nostalgic sense. So Scream 2 is always going to be that one special sequel for me. It was the first Scream I saw in the theater. It's got one of my favorite characters of the franchise in it. You know, Randy Meeks and and whatever, so on and so forth. But, you know, I will say right off the bat, because we're going to get into initial thoughts on this. And I did say this in my tweet and on the Internet already, so it's no surprise. But I do think this Scream movie is the best Scream movie since the first Scream movie. Yeah, um, I, I will. You said that you went into this with with high hopes. I went into it not particularly caring about it very much because I hated Scream Five. I hated it because I thought it had a super strong beginning. I thought everything was great in the beginning. You know, um, the kills were brutal. It was giving us a much more sinister ghost face. Um. I was super on board, and then it started to fall apart for me towards the end of the second act, nearing the third act, and I I hated the finale, and I just did not care for Scream 5 at all. I was like, yep, there it is, another Scream film that's, 
Well, let's shoehorn Sidney Prescott back in, and I'll lead right into this. Justin is, I'm thankful, and I'm going to get some hate mail for this. I'm thankful that Nev Campbell declined coming back for this film because I feel like it pushed the filmmakers to create a new original story within that universe. Yes, Gail Weathers comes back, but in a much more organic way than it would have been to explain Sidney Prescott showing up in this film because, like you mentioned a moment ago, she's got kids now. She's married now. She's married. She's got kids, yeah. It would have felt, I guess apparently, initially, uh, you know, Kirby from Scream 4 is in this film. I guess initially it was supposed to be Sydney that was coming back, and when Nev Campbell declined to come back, they wrote Kirby in, from what I've what I've read and kind of what it seems like. You know, you know what's interesting, and, and I don't mean to cut you off there, but uh, Hayden Panettiere said in an interview that came out today, that it was her who reached out to the yeah. directors of oh, the yeah. production of this movie to get involved and to get Kirby back, and that it wasn't their idea, and that they kind of just, you know, were like, "Oh, that's really a good idea. Like the fans would love that. We should do that." I don't have like verbatim yeah. what she said in the Hollywood Reporter article or whatever, but I'm like, "Fuck yeah, it's a great idea. Why wouldn't yeah, you bring she, her she back?" She was a fan I mean, favorite. Next to to Randy, to that point, she was. Like, dude, horror fans related to her, loved her. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, those two are like audience surrogates. Like, that's that character is yeah. us in the movie. You know what I sure. mean? So, one hundred percent. You know, here I th- I feel like it forced the filmmakers to be like, okay, so we have to tell a story, obviously with some familiar tropes because it is a scream movie. They expect Ghostface. They expect expect a uh, a whodunit. You know. Um, but it forced the filmmakers to not focus on a character that has been in every single film and has been the focal point of every single film up until this point. What I loved about this new one is that in Scream 5, they introduced a bunch of new characters, and the only characters that they really even developed a little bit was the Carpenter sisters. Uh, The rest of the characters I felt like were your generic cardboard cutout horror movie characters. I didn't care about any of these these new characters that were introduced in Scream 5. Did not give a fuck about them. And that's kind of why I walked into Scream 6 being like, eh, let's see what this is about. And man, they really impressed me because midway through the movie, they had done such a good job developing these characters that they introduced yes. in the last film that I was invested in every single one of them. I did not want any of them to die because I fell in love with them wholeheartedly. And we're not going to, and I I promise ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to get, we're not going to get loose here and and, and reveal any of that shit um, as much as we'd like to. We are going to be releasing a spoiler filled review uh, in the following week. So look out for that if you're interested in that. But to your point, Jeremy, yes, I spoiler free, spoiler free, spoiler free. I, I keep saying that so I can remind the both of us because we're just going to start going into shit that we're excited about. And be like, oh, yeah, when that per- uh, never mind. Um, but yes, uh, we talked about this a little bit before, but Scream 5, a.k.a. 5 Cream, really was trying to do The Force Awakens for the Scream franchise. It was trying to introduce new characters, still have the legacy characters there. We know what it is. They reference it in the movie. It's a requel. There, said and done. Mindy Meek said it best. Um But we're here for this thing, and now finally we are given the opportunity to let these new characters breathe, get to know them, develop them, really see where they are in their lives and what they're dealing with, these problems, the aftermath of 
almost all being murdered in the, the fifth film. And, you know, I honestly feel like um, I was definitely questioning my connection to Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis in part five. I thought she was fine in five. A lot of people hated on her, but I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, she won me over in this movie. I can tell you that much. I think her character um, has a much deeper meaning to her life. I think that her performance is more on point and I can relate so much more to her character. I won't dare say she overacted in part five, even though overacting has always been a part of the Scream franchise. But here she's much more subtle, emotionally driven, and her relationship with her half-sister, beautifully portrayed by Jenna Ortega, Tara Carpenter, their chemistry together and their relationship really broadens in this one. And as you were saying, Jeremy, these other characters... They call themselves, this is not a, a, a hardcore spoiler or whatever, but they're the core four, which is a cute little thing that Chad comes up with. And they're really solidified as the, the new characters of this franchise. And they really move forward with them. And I really fell in love with all of them in this yeah, movie. Same. I, I, they did an excellent job of, of making you care about these, these new characters. And, and that goes for uh, Samantha's uh, boyfriend, in this uh in this installment as well he 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 even was somebody he's a brand new character um uh, Josh Segara who plays Danny Brackett Brackett wink wink like <laughs> Sheriff Brackett from Halloween I, I see what you did there radio silencers I see what you did there I mean I'll say this much too and this hints at something they do more to homage Sheriff Brackett in than one way in this movie yeah um but the the core characters here are, I think, for the most part, all the new characters are solid. I mean, but again, the center focus is the core four. And I think they do a really good job of picking up where the last one left off. Um, for those that are unaware, I'm not going to explain what the whole movie is. But we fast forward, we're here in New York City. We're no longer in Woodsboro, which I found as a setting, a breath of fresh air. Is it quite Jason Takes Manhattan with inserting Ghostface in it? No. They did a very um, good job some... of not throwing New York City in your face. You know what I mean? Like they did a good yeah, job it, 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 of it, yeah, exactly of it taking place on some streets. Um, they did a good job of of the subway and you know some definite New York nuances. I mean, dude, it, they're it's just scream, but they're in New York City. It's used as a setting. It's not really a character yes, in the movie. Yes, you know what I mean? Where it, it just it just felt like it was uh, you know because I mean let's face it uh, you know thirty years ago New York City was like this mythic, crazy, huge thing that when you were a kid, you were like, oh my God, am I ever going to go there? And I've been to New York City like a hundred times. Like now as an adult, you're like, everyone goes to New York City. Um, But I just, I thought it was an interesting change because every other movie has been in California. You know what I mean? In in Woodsboro or Hollywood or, you know what I mean? So here we are in a different setting. And and it, it gave a different aesthetic and a different feel. And... I liked that, and I think another thing that really struck me that worked with this movie, the last one was hashtag for Wes. They really did want to homage what he created, have that vibe in some sense. And here, Jeremy, I'm just going to say it, man. This did not necessarily feel that much like a Wes Craven not at movie. Not at all, like, and which is why uh, that's another reason, like, you know, I love Wes Craven. I love Wes Craven's filmography. I love what he contributed to not only horror, but to cinema. 
in general. I mean, dude, you're one of the biggest Wes Craven oh, fans. Dude, I've I, ever I, done, I so. love Wes Craven. And, you know, the four, I feel, you know, and this is blasphemous too, but, you know, I, I did start to feel like, okay, this is almost becoming a parody of itself because it has, you know, all of those same elements that, that Wes Craven has put into the Scream films. And then when we got Scream 5, obviously they were trying to do Wes justice. And it was the whole for Wes thing, which they, you know, beat over our heads a little bit, which I, I found obnoxious personally. But did you find that graphic that I made obnoxious with the hashtag and Wes's face on it? And it went. No, viral? that was a good one. <laughs> you probably didn't know because it was. I don't know. It was. It went all over. Yeah, the place. that was a good one. Um, <laughs> AKA, I have no idea what the fuck <laughs> you're talking whatever about. Whatever, it's on the nose. Whatever. <laughs> so, whatever. Uh, yeah. So this one was. Scream for a new age that was not trying to replicate what Wes Craven had done four times before it. You know, this was a group of talented filmmakers making a Scream movie that's all of their own, not having to pay homage to anybody, not having to follow, you know, coloring within the lines of a coloring book. This was wholeheartedly... Realistically, what they probably would have given us for Scream 5 if they weren't trying to toe the line so closely of making something that could honor Wes Craven. Well, also, let's be realistic. They had David Arquette, they had Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell who were very cautious about entering that fifth film without a Wes. It took a lot of without a Wes Craven. So I feel like they kind of had to toe the line on the last one, but this one, the gloves are off. They're going all in. This is absolutely the most intense, scary, dark Scream film, I'm going to say, potentially ever, maybe even more than the first one, because the first one, it had a lot of levity and the funny moments. Um, That's true. Things That's like very that. True. This one was more of a straight-up horror film, and it was, dude, it had me on the edge of my seat. I truly felt like no one was safe, truly. Yeah, and much like what the, we we saw with the last one, how Ghostface is much more visceral, much more violent, much more brutal, which they've, you know, every Ghostface has always been. But following through in those footsteps of the killers of the last one, Ghostface is literally a, a brutal monster unleashed. They're relentless. Angry. I mean, every time they show up, there's this hatefulness that surrounds them. Like, literally, like... <laughs> it's evil has come upon them. It's, it doesn't feel as much like just, you know, we're not going to say specifics because that would ruin the whole fucking thing for you. But this ghost face in terms of its presentation, the image, the, the way that the mask is now aged and cracked. And again, I'm not going to explain why that is because again, that's a spoiler, but it gives this new look and feel to ghost face. And, you know, I know, I know there were some people that were really fucking mad um, when in the trailer, which is, this is not a spoiler, Ghostface, you see them wielding a shotgun. And I wanted to remind them that literally every single Ghostface at the end of each movie, one of them has a fucking gun in their hand. Maybe they took the mask off, but Guns and Scream and Ghostface have always gone together. And I dare say that the scene that we see Ghostface wielding a gun was deeply tense and suspenseful. And that's something that runs through this whole movie you saw me, Jeremy. You sat next to me. How many times did I slide to the yeah. edge of my seat with my hands in the air like this? Like, no, don't. I literally said like that 
shit that you expect, like the little girl going to see a horror movie to say, like, no, don't go in there. No, don't do that. Like, run away. I was I was doing all of those things because that's how fucking exciting this movie is. I'm, I'm going to rewind it back even a little bit further, Justin. Um, this is my favorite opening to any Scream movie. Oh, my God. Um, since the original. Um, it's going to be hard to ever beat the original Scream's opening. This is the second best. In in my opinion, this is the second best. It was brilliant. It's never been done before. I didn't see it coming. I did not know what the fuck was going on. And when everything is revealed, it's like, that was fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I, and I have to say, the way that this movie, and all of them have done it, the way that the movies always cut to the title scene where it'll say the title of the movie, it's always this exciting feeling in the theater. And the way this one cuts to it is so fucking badass and brutal. And then you're like, dude, I, the energy in the theater, and we had a pretty packed press screening for this, you could feel it. People were fucking excited. And to me, that's so impressive that this filmmaking team, Radio Silence, is making a sixth film in a franchise. And... People are that excited to be in a theater to watch it. Like, that's how good of a job they yeah. did, you know, twisting and, and, and curving things and, you know, constantly challenging us as an audience. Now, there's going to be people that are be like, well, all of them have done similar things. Yes, that is true. But there are ways to do similar things and follow similar tropes and still challenge the audience and do something original. And I feel like this movie's done Absolutely. it. it, it was so brilliant that... I remember, you know, I don't know if I leaned over to you or if I just thought it, and but all I I could think or I said, I don't remember, is, man, if the rest of this film is this good, I'm going to be blown the fuck away. You, you must have thought it, but that's crazy you're saying that, Jeremy, because I literally thought about leaning over to you. I almost did, and I was going to say almost identically like the, almost the same thing where dude if it keeps going this good i think i'm gonna love yeah, this movie. yeah i i as soon as i thought that though i reminded myself that i loved the beginning of of scream 5 as well so i was like you know what let's see if they can if they can stick the landing because scream 5 did not stick the landing for me i know you i know you Listen, like it jeremy but <laughs> i know it's okay i remember a certain someone saying to me halfway through halloween ends like Ooh, like I think I like you. I, you 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 specifically said in our review, and I remember you telling me before you actually liked like the first act of that movie, or, like the first half Absolutely. of it or something. It was you know? it was so original. We, we it was original, know. and I was like, man, this is depending on where they how how they stick where the they go yeah. from here. And I mean, dude, I'm sorry, but when Corey killed the cop, and then Michael Myers like jizzed in his pants and like shook in the sewer. Michael jizzed in his pants. In his pants. Uh, but, but yes, uh, God, less said about that movie, the better. <laughs> no, I, I didn't mean to upset God, you. It just hurts. Um, it hurts still. But, you, you know, it, it's crazy. You to hurt think, me, though. David I mean, Gordon saying, Green. You fucking hurt me. Did he hurt you enough where you're not going to watch his Exorcist movie? I mean, here's the deal. I, I've come to the realization that because of the podcast, because of the screenings that we're um, very privileged to attend, the press screenings that we get to see movies early and for free, 
I've come to the realization that me making those bold statements of like, I'm not going to watch this. It's like, well, that may not be true because we're going to get invited to a press screening <laughs> and then people are going to want to hear what yeah. we have to say about it on this show. So, um, yes, in that capacity, I will see the new Exorcist movie because we're going to get to see it early. And, you know, yeah. so, yeah, in that, in that capacity, yes. And, like, dude, knowing these filmmakers, like, the first one will probably be pretty decent. You know, look at Halloween 2018. But then they're going to make two more Exorcist films after that, and it's going to be a whole bag of shit show, which uh, that'll be fun. That'll be really fun to fucking yeah. hate those movies. Because I'm sure we're going we'll to. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's like that's why I'm so thankful, you know, as we're sitting here talking about the second film that Radio Silence has done for the Scream franchise, and they knocked it out of the fucking absolutely. park. I mean, so from here, even though... Our horror filmmakers, like, though, you know what I mean? Like... Like, they get it. They, you know, there's a difference between loving horror horror films and making horror films while still loving them. Like, David Gordon Green is a guy that, like, he, him and Danny McBride, they love horror films. That's great. But they're rooted in comedy. Like, that's what they're good at. So, making Halloween 2018, it's like, okay, yeah, 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 good, great job. But then I feel, I, you know what I mean? Like, they're not horror filmmakers, so they... They tried to go in different directions, I feel like, to appease a fan base while doing something different, and it just did not work for for them. But um, not to go off on a, on a tangent here, but it was announced yesterday, further details, that the new Escape from New York film that's being helmed by the Radio Silence, Scream 5 and 6 filmmakers, uh, is being called a requel, much like Scream 5 was. And I remember... I mean, this was yesterday, just thinking, you know what? If they don't get Kurt Russell back for this, I'm fucking out. I'm out because you can't. I feel like I feel I feel like, dude, I feel like that's what they're they're leading with, too. I don't think they want to do it without Russell. Like, how could you even do if you're going to do a requel, which is, you know, potentially a reboot sequel? How could you even do it without? Yeah, because who are you? Who are you going to have at the center? But it's funny because I was like I was I was in a group chat with a couple buddies and. I was like, man, if, if Russell's not back in, I'm out. And then I was like, I'm I'm a fucking idiot because, again, like what I just said about the press screenings, it's like, of course I'll still see this movie even if Russell's not in it, but I'm not going to be excited about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, this is interesting because I know I've told this already, but, you know, blah, 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 I'll make it short. When we met Kurt Russell at his wine signing event last fall, I wanted to ask him one thing, and that's what it was. I literally said to him, I said, if you were given the opportunity, would you ever put the patch back on your eye and become Snake Plissken again if the opportunity arose? And he said, no. He literally flat he out laughed. was like, no. I was right there. He laughed. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He, he's like, I'd like that character to live within that world the way people rem- remember him and I'm not that. And I looked at him and I said, you look like Snake Plissken to me. And then he just like mm-hmm. laughed and whatever. And that was the end of it. Um, but back to this movie and these filmmakers, I think I, I, I would have pure faith at this point, that these filmmakers would be able to craft a new escape movie if Kurt was involved in some capacity that would be entertaining. I I I agree. Absolutely. And their ability to direct action sequences, we saw it it in Ready or Not. We saw it in a, a lot in this new Scream film. They are willing and able to deliver amazing action set pieces. So it's like, dude, that was, the, I, yeah, I mean, that was the next thing I was going to say is, man, they fucking turned it up. 
in terms of the action in this movie. We've had great chase sequences in a lot of the Scream movies, uh, particularly like one of my favorite chase sequences of the whole franchise is part two. Um, it's Dewey and Gale. You know, they're looking at footage in the college, and it's just a fantastic chase sequence. We had, you know, the last one had, it didn't have as much that it could do there with that. But here you're in New York City, you're in these larger environments, you're in these huge buildings, you're on the streets. So there's more stuff you can do in terms of, I mean, Ghostface is always chased, and Ghostface always runs. I found it very interesting that this is probably like the least clumsy Ghostface. Because in almost every other fucking movie, Ghostface falls flat on their face or they're tripping over shit. And here they were, again, I think, and it was done intentionally to make more them more threatening. Um, they're just more steadfast. Like, they're on fucking point. They're still falling over, but it's not done in a goofy I, I way. I appreciated that, but, and I noticed that as well. Um, because it's like, dude, you watch it, and it's like, dude, how the, like, you put on that mask and, like, Fucking somebody throws a pillow. We've all wore yeah. that mask, man. I've got the costume. Everyone, you know, you know how hard it is to do that. I mean, it's, of course, movie magic. We all know that. But I'm like, dude, I, I'll trip walking down the sidewalk wearing that fucking thing. You you, you were there when I hosted a, a Scream 5 movie party. And I ran out onto the stage right. wearing it. And I, you know, with boots and the whole thing, I almost tripped over the costume just running from a door onto the center of the stage. Um but no, for real though. I mean, oh, dude, there are I just got a text message. Breaking news: Scream Seven has been greenlit and will film this year. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. You will already have heard that and read that before you listen to this episode. But Jeremy, I bet you were the only podcast reporting it as of right this <laughs> second. Unfortunately, we can't release this episode until Wednesday because the review embargo is specifically Wednesday. So you won't hear this until then. But I'm not I'm not no, shocked at all. No, I'm not surprised. The premiere is happening right now. And I'm going to be very interested to see the reactions. Um, you know, we posted ours and all of the ones that I've seen so far are extremely positive. I have yet to see anyone say like they hated it or it sucked. There will be those people. Dude, you um, know, immediately. You know, as being, you know, a pseudo storyteller, my mind just went, well, like, what can you do with a part seven that hasn't been I was going to say that earlier. Like, I, Dude, and, and I don't know what it is, but immediately I was like, man, imagine that it's been years. They do a little bit of a time jump, right? Where one of the core four or whoever, you know, one of the, the characters that survive this film that we're discussing right now is getting married. And they've everyone's moved on from their lives. And imagine they go somewhere remote for a wedding, like a destination wedding, when kills start happening. I'm like, dude, something like that would be something fucking rad that they've never done before that I'd be on board for. Yeah, and I think after this one, I think the team is is smart enough to know like changing the location, changing the environment is going to be, you know, helpful to the story. Because it's it's going to leave you with more ground to cover. You can do way more. I mean, we've already had how many Scream movies in Woodsboro? I get it. We all mm-hmm. love to see these characters in Woodsboro. But at the same time, I think it's time to move on. And I think this movie proved that. Like, having it in New York City, there was... I feel like they could even do one more in New York City. There's so many different things they could do with the environment. Yeah. That would be, you know, really exciting. And But, dude, um, imagine, imagine like said, that, the, you know, they're... The they're now it went from high school to college to now they've they've like I said time jumped to where they've already found career jobs, 
you know, they have maybe some of them have kids. You know, they go off on like a destination wedding. Ghostface shows up. That's true. No, no, none of them have really had kids no, brought into dude. play. Like, think about how threatening that I'm would saying. be if one of them had That's children. That's what I'm saying. Do something different, wildly different than we've ever been given. Like, now that, you know, really end out the trilogy by doing something that's never been done. That's that's my hopes for what a Scream 7 would be. Yeah, I mean, like I said, at this point, at the end of the, this one, I was questioning, like, where do you really take this? And you just made a great point. Like, dude, it's open now. They can do whatever they want with it. I think this movie is going to be a huge crowd pleaser. I think a lot of fans are going to be excited about this. It's literally a shot in the arm to a franchise that, you know, it, it was reinvigorated with the last one. But I think now... It shows that it can be on its own with these new characters and it's living on and it's going to be something that's going to continue and it's going to be successful and entertaining. We've got the right people behind it. And I know you had questioned that at one mm-hmm. point, but it made me extremely happy to see that your mind was changed based off this I mean, experience. I'm just going to tell you right now. Are we, are we going to get into it? I mean... I'm, I'm going to get into it. I don't give a fuck. Here we go. I'm jumping in. I loved this movie. Um... I have not said that about any of the sequels. I've I've thought that all of the sequels have been entertaining and, and good on certain levels. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, you know. And if I get a wild hair at my ass, I might watch one of the sequels. I've been more inclined to tune into part four over into the other sequels. But, dude, I loved this movie, and I feel like that's insane because I never expected to love this movie. I fully expected to walk out of this with you, Justin, going, yeah, that was another Scream sequel. Like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It was kind of what we've come to expect from these things um, because they have been formulaic, in my opinion. This one blew me the fuck away. I found it wildly original while also doing some tropes that are familiar and necessary for these films, but it was wildly original. I fell in love with all of the characters, like literally... You know, I'm talking about the core four. I'm talking about the new boyfriend that's introduced, some of the other friends that are introduced. I loved these characters. The ending, the finale, dude. I would say, I would say that this finale, like the raw psychotic energy that the original Scream had, where, you know, Billy and Stu, like they've been holding it together and trying to act like a normal teenager, but it's like they are unhinged. They're legitimate psychopaths, um, especially Stu. Uh, this is, you know, obviously uh, fucking uh, Mickey. Mickey had that a little bit in two, you know. I love Timothy in yeah, that yeah. movie. Oh, God. He's just but unhinged. I don't think we've seen that since two, and especially not on that level. I will say that this, the ending of Scream 6, had that raw, psychotic energy unhinged these uh you know these characters have have been put through the ringer by the finale of this the killer um is unhinged and out for blood there's more more motive in this than we've gotten in some of the screams for the motivations i feel like in comparison because we can't do spoilers i feel like the motive in this is stronger than the motive in the last one, or in, or, or really in four. But absolutely, we can't get into absolutely there. But I just felt overall it absolutely. was a stronger. Motive. I walked out and I told you, like I fucking loved this. And let me tell you, again, from hating Scream Five and just being kind of a Fairweather fan, you know, this isn't my favorite franchise. 
I'm going to go see this thing again this coming week, and I can't yeah. fucking wait to see it again. That's how much I love it, and it's it's truly made me a Radio Silence fan. They won me back over because I was hot on them with their VHS films and uh, some of their other work that they've done. And then and Ready, you liked Ready oh, or I loved, too, loved you? Ready or Not, yeah. and Scream 5 hit. And I hated it, and I was like, man, maybe fuck them. <laughs> and then they fully won me back over, and now I'm, again, you know, just getting that news that Scream 7 has been greenlit. Duh. Uh, I'm ecstatic to see where they take this, and my one hope is don't bring Sydney back. You don't need it. Let Let these stories be told naturally with new sets of characters that we we can grow to love and appreciate without shoehorning in someone just because they were in the original and they're a fan favorite. That's my hope. You, you know, I would not be one to say yay or nay to Sydney right at this moment. I feel like if there was a natural way of bringing her back in and having it fit the story and still having the center focus be able to be juggled between the new characters and her. That was one of my, you know, the things that bothered me the most about five. She's kind of just hanging around on the side, waiting to be utilized in five. Awful. She's <laughs> a, a core character in four, but it's similar at times where you're like, she doesn't really need to be here. She does because you know, it, it, it all has to do with family. All these movies have to do with family in some sense, but here it is. Was, was it necessary? And she made the right choice. And I, and I still, at, at this point feel terrible as a fan saying so but you know and, and she got the shit end of the stick and she should have really been given what she deserved I, I mean, to be involved I agree with, with that one of these 100%. Movies. but you know we've talked about that already and it just this was a breath of fresh air again as I said earlier there is a way to do what we've seen before present it in a new way you know it's got new packaging over it it's the same thing we, we know we love before, but also just giving it a fresh spin. And this movie totally did that. And much like you said, I mean, basically what I've been saying this whole time is I loved it. But of course, I'm going to say it out right now to match you, Jeremy. I fucking loved this movie. Um, it 100 percent most definitely is the best scream since the original. Um, the most entertaining thrill ride. It, it's just a roller coaster and you ride it from start to finish and you don't. You saw me. I only peed once, dude. You know, like that's progress, and that, uh, that's, that's how I know at 10, that you love in the it. morning. But I, I kept turning to him, like, man, I have to fucking piss so bad, and you were like, dude, I have to shit so bad. <laughs> we both held it the whole fucking movie because that's how good it was. Um, but you know, since this is a spoiler-free thing, we just wanted to run this down and give you guys our initial thoughts. I feel like if we keep going, we might slip on something. I will say this much, and this is something that I kind of complained about a little bit in the last one. I'm a huge Marco Beltrami fan. Um, his scores for the Scream movies, among many others, are you know near and dear to my heart. I think his music for you know the Scream movies that he did uh, really is just as important to the movies as the Ghostface Mask and Wes Craven. And I did complain a little bit about the score in the last one. And I will say, I like Brian Tyler's music. In this one, it's a step up. It's an upgrade in comparison. There are some moments. You know, that you hear some stuff that you remember. There's some nostalgia there, and you're like, I'm glad that you're including this. I still just wish that Marco was brought back to do his own new fresh take on Scream with still, you know, using some of those classic themes that we love from the, the first 
all of the movies that he did. Um, that's my only nitpick. Um, but dude, the cinematography in this thing as well, there are some amazingly beautiful shots and some iconic shots um, of Ghostface and some things that are going to make you jump out of your seat and scream and cheer and you're going to throw popcorn. You're going to have a blast. I feel like, Jeremy, we've kind of shot our wad and what we can yeah. say in terms of going as far as we can um, without spoiling anything from anyone, uh, for anyone rather. So we're going to do a Trash It or Treasure It. You already said that we loved it, but Jeremy, Trash It or Treasure It, man. Uh, treasure It, absolutely. Um, it's my second favorite scream out of all six films. Again, can't wait to go see this in theaters this week. I'm already stoked for Scream 7 because I can't wait to see what these filmmakers do with these characters and the story next. So I'm I'm fully on board. I treasure the absolute shit out of this. Fuck yeah. Yep, and lockstep with you. I'm treasuring this thing. It They really, really just knocked it out of the park. They took something, made it their own with still having it, that scream that we love. Uh, bringing Kirby back was a great decision. She felt organic to the story to me. It was it was great to see Hayden back um, in the Scream franchise. I loved, you know, Gail's character as well. She still felt, like you said earlier, organic to the story. She wasn't shoehorned in. And everything she does in the film has impact, and it really makes you connect with her even more as a character uh, 100%. There's a lot of emotion in this movie, um, much more deeper emotion than we've seen from the last few. I'm and glad you, you really said that. you are connected to these I'm characters. Yeah, I felt. I mean, I felt like there was a lot more emotion, especially between the sisters, you know, the Carpenter sisters and stuff, like, and their performances. They were just felt real and, like, how characters, uh, rather real people, I should say, would deal with these situations, you know, going to therapy, trying to work on each other, and, you know, as a, as a core group and as family, and it just... This is how you deal with like a fucking you find out your dad was a serial killer, a famous one. And like, you know, people are after you trying to kill you. It's just beautifully done. Bravo, Radio Silence. I loved this movie. I cannot wait until next week when we can actually talk about all of it with you guys. Um, This is going to be one that a lot of people are going to be excited to talk about. We can't wait to open up the spoiler door and give you everything. Knives, ghost face. that bitch open, dog. Yeah, 100%. But, ladies and gentlemen, if it's your first time listening, you can find us on social media at Epic Film Guys on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can hear the podcast literally anywhere podcasts are found. And if you like what you're hearing, if you hate what you're hearing, if you want to tell us to go fuck ourselves, head on over to iTunes or Spotify and you can leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. But, above all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We left B Ratty off for obvious reasons he didn't get a chance to see the movie because he doesn't live near us and he doesn't get to go to the press screenings with us so we love you be ready we miss you but we'll see you next week so until next time i'm I'm justin and as always we like to ask you to keep it creepy um um just you guys that you got that it? you're listening to your favorite podcast and it's called Brain Show Bitches <laughs>